All right, everybody. Welcome to Five Strike Weekly. I am AJ. This is Michael. It has been a frenzy of transfers today, of news, of some just madness. It is, yeah, we have, I'm sure all of us have some questions. We're here to talk about it and to figure it all out. If there is something to be figured out, obviously there is, uh, there's a lot of questions around the team at the moment and what we're doing. And we'll get all up in that jazz. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, make sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, and share this video on Twitter, all that. That really does help us a lot in uh, getting it out there because we love doing this for you guys. And uh, yeah, who's uh, who's down there in the chat? Let's, uh, let's give them some shout outs and props for joining the stream early. We got Justin Floro Flornoy. Flornoy is where that's what I'm going to go for. Justin Flornoy, uh, our our good and wonderful friend Niall, as always, welcome, and the always present Elliot Beaven. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, yeah, if you're here, let us know you're here. But yeah, I mean, uh, first off, let's get into that match review. And Atlanta United, we were able to really subvert expectations against Philly, the Union, uh, that match, uh, especially on a weekend, especially, you know, on that uh, kind of really on the heels of a 4-0 loss against New York Red Bulls. Not a lot of confidence, I would say, uh, going into that match, but yeah, LA United, we switched the formation, we switched our style of play a little bit, and it did wonders. I mean... Yeah, the, uh, the five-man back line that excluded Andrew Gutman, and we'll talk about him uh, later, of course. But Caleb Wiley and Brooks Lennon were those wingbacks, and Ronald Hernandez was part of that three-man back line. It kind of uh, gave a gave a kind of unpredictable feature to our uh, lineup to really, I guess, you know, unsettle uh, Philly Union. And, yeah, their diamond midfield pretty much was nullified. They had one shot on goal the entire match. So, definitely, the tactics worked. Gonzalo Pineda and the team definitely deserve all the plaudits for not only implementing it and also executing it. So, definitely, yeah. LA <laughs> United, we uh, would have thunk. You know, we, uh, we played differently, a little bit more direct. Something that uh, we've been clamoring for, for sure, and uh, yeah, it worked. I mean, it's you know, it makes uh, you think, kind of, doesn't it? It right, makes you, you think. Know? What other games that if we saw a formation change or a tactics change, we may have had a different result? Exactly. I mean, I would love to see this team play like this on the road, more direct, balls over the top, diagonals, to really beat you know not only the press but also. Yeah, like nullify the strengths of the opposition. And we pretty much did that. I mean, that's how you do that. And I mean, I think it was definitely, it's time. It's it's funny how the New York Red Bulls always kind of give us our hardest lessons. And maybe it's a breakthrough. Who knows? But it definitely changed some of the ways that we uh, played and maybe found an extraneous 
member of our back line because I guess New York Red Bulls, who, I mean, maybe to be fair with Andrew Grootman as well, he used to play with them. They knew maybe his weaknesses. But it's one of those things, uh, you know, they exploited him. And yeah, we uh, we got beat there really hard. We did not get beat really <laughs> at all here. 2-0. Uh, yeah, and Thiago Amato, yeah, seventh minute, I believe. I mean, yeah, we had, uh, you know, initially a penalty shout, but Yorgos Yakumakis, he wins that uh, that foul initially. Looked like he was in the box. VAR intervened. Uh, it was called outside of the box, and yeah, I mean, Thiago Mata, it's he's more automatic <laughs> from a free kick than uh, you know than a than a penalty and. I mean, yes, he hit it right into the wall, but this volley, incredible. I mean, to be able to... It's hip height, and he is able to one-time it into the back of the net like an arrow. Just ridiculous. He only scores bangers. But, uh, yeah, Michael, what, what were your thoughts on the goal? I was kind of curious to see, because Yorgos hasn't taken a penalty for us yet. He hasn't. Yeah, I was really curious if he was going to take it. Yeah. He was not. So, I mean, yeah, and also, I actually prefer us kind of getting a uh, a free kick in Tiago range than getting awarded a penalty, because I was like, okay, it's kind of almost like, you know, uh, out of the frying pan into the fire for uh, Philadelphia. So, um, yeah, that was that was electric. You, you always love to see, I mean, in earlier, the better, I, I'd like to say, because it sets the mood for the game. Tiago scoring one of his thunderclaps, because, you know, you know, that sets the mood. That really put... Philly that kind of you know sucker punched them shocked them kind of made them go okay hold on wait a second we need to kind of settle down for for a minute recompose throw them off their game and we really need that it's it's we I mean you everyone knows by now the statistics that we have for when we go down early are abysmal um we didn't let that happen and we were able to keep the lead which is not something we always do either so we kept the pressure on. I mean, I have one question for you, and because this has been bandied about already online, and I think even Gonzalo said something close to this, if not this, that this was the most complete game for Atlanta United this season. Do you agree? Hmm. I would say it's complete in the sense that from back to front, uh, most of the team uh, performed very well. We kept a clean sheet. Would I say it's... Uh, a complete attacking performance? Maybe not. Uh, I don't think we probably exuded as much control as we probably want to. But as far as results go, as far as uh, you know, every positional player, I think they did a really good job. And I think that's the uh, that's the crux of it right now. Is we need to just, we just need to get results. It's the business end of the season. Like we are dropping uh, positions in the conference. And it's very important for us to uh, kind of pretty much not forego, but I would say, you know, it's important for us to make sure that we prioritize results. And whatever the performance is to get there, so be it right now. Like, it's it doesn't really matter. It's like, okay, a defender scores, great. Yorgos uh, Yakimakis, if he doesn't score another goal, uh, fine. You know, we'll, uh, we'll cry on the inside, but... Uh, if the team's winning, it'll be fantastic. So, mm-hmm. 
Another uh, another question for you uh, before we move cool. on from this. Uh, would you consider this to be, and I'm going to use a GRE word here, would you consider this to be a Pyrrhic victory? A Pyrrhic? Okay, you're going to have to define that. So then. this is oh. a victory where the cost of winning it is almost not worth a victory in and of itself. So with the cost of Yorgos going yeah. down, uh, basically voiding the League's Cup yeah. now because of that. Right. And it's a possibility for sure. I mean, there's a question of how much he was going to play anyway. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a wonder. I would say, yeah, Yorgos Yakimakis, however long he's out, which, yeah, I mean, it seems like it'll be probably weeks. It's not really been fully defined, I don't think, yet. So it's one of those things where, yeah, the, the possibility of missing out on your best striker and where the the understudies aren't exactly lighting it up yeah I mean uh, it could be I would say but I think maybe the the larger part is that uh, we realize still that yeah we were able to keep keep a clean sheet in the second half which we haven't really been able to do in quite some time uh, and that was without Yorgos Yakimakis on the field so it's something that, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, not that he's going to, like, help you keep a clean sheet, like, immensely, but I think it's something that we were able to, you know, not only, uh, you know, win the game, but also, uh, you know, do enough. I think it's something that it's encouraging. So, you know, with the, the new way that we found to play, it might be worth it, but I think it's also, yeah, if we can bring something in the transfer window with somebody that can actually also put the ball in the back of the net from a forward position, uh, that will be huge. And that will, I think, mitigate some of the uh, the short-term, I think, uh, L's that we'll possibly take. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, let's, uh, let's keep moving in this match. Uh, so, Amada, he leads MLS with six goals. From outside the 18-yard box, so now uh, yeah, he's got eight goals and ten assists on the season. Uh, he's not quite Hani Mukhtar territory in terms of uh, yeah. Well, who is this guy's crazy? Yeah, right, in terms of ridiculous stats, but also Hani Mukhtar is like five or six years older than Thiago Amato. So you know, I would uh, I would hope that he would uh, you know be able to be a player that is contributing as much as he is, but. Uh, yeah, and in terms of, uh, yeah, the, the rest of the match here, uh, you know, Lennon, he made his 100th regular season appearance for LA United, and, uh, yeah, he's been, as, uh, the team has coined Mr. Consistency, that's for sure, um, and, yeah, he definitely had a big hand in, uh, yeah, that second goal as well, but, uh, yeah, before we get into that, uh, I mean, it's Joe Bendick. <laughs> always fun. Always fun to see the pain in Joe Bendick's face. Of course, we know Jose Martinez uh, scoring the uh, you know the famed 31st goal against him against uh, Orlando City. And he and Jonathan Spector are all on the floor just flabbergasted. I mean, uh, yeah. When Joe Bendick, when we see him, it's always a good time. It's always a good time. And, uh, yeah, Bendik face was definitely in full force on Sunday. 
love to see it every time. But um, but yeah, and so let's get into that second goal. So uh, you know the uh, that second goal where basically yeah, I mean you know it's really good combination play from the team and Tiago Amada. Uh, yeah, he's able to find that final ball uh, with a really di- really well disguised pass. And yeah, Lennon, you know, he just shoots it right through Bendik's legs, and it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's like I honestly didn't think that we would probably double our lead, but um, yeah, how, how did you feel in terms of you know the the feeling on this match of uh, I think we had it two two. I mean, we had it like or I had it two two. I had it two. I thought us losing two zero, so I thought we were yeah. gonna get smash and grabbed like normal. But I also no. didn't anticipate anticipate a formation change. So yes, that was the real crux of it. If I knew Pinedo was gonna try something else, I would be like, well, maybe there's there's hope. But you know, that's why I had such a uh, a dismal look outlook. Um, no, so for you know the Lennon goal, I mean, I felt like, um, I felt like I guess how other teams typically feel. Like, okay, there's a guy running on like the far post, and then there, he's open, and I'm usually I'm the one frustrated that he's not being covered. But now it's on the other side, the shoes on the other foot. Lennon happens to be there, boom, and like, it felt good. It felt good not having to be on the other side of that for once. Man, that feel good. <laughs> yeah, that back post of ours is definitely as susceptible as it gets. But uh, thankfully, yes, we were the people that were inflicting that type of pain mm-hmm. this week. So uh, definitely, no, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, something that's I think we want to see more of. Uh, yeah, I mean, because really, I think this probably unlocks something because that diamond midfield of Philadelphia Unions plus the two strikers up top. It necessitated for us to probably play a three-man back line because that's how you negate two strikers. Mm-hmm. So it is something that, yeah, you know, uh, maybe it's the Tata Martino moment in a really less weight, less stakes kind of uh, thing. But you know, could this be the turnaround to our season? I hope because yeah, we were sliding, we we're sliding for the uh, the past month. Even though we were uh, undefeated for uh, some time, it's still, you know, I don't think the performances were exuding a lot of confidence mm-hmm. into the fans. But I will say uh, this, that if we do, uh, you know, continue to use this new kind of formation to break down these types of attacking teams, um, and we can continue to frustrate them and continue to beat them, like especially on the road, and it's, it's just obviously because of the formation and tactics change, then I'm going to have to really take a step back and say, you know, maybe Pineda isn't ready to coach a top flight team. If if he it ha- if long. it took this long to learn that yeah. lesson. I yeah. mean, because all he had to do is just try it earlier on in the season, and he just didn't. Okay. So yep. all of the, I mean, just like, and if you start to see like, all those other games now where we could have used that, yeah, we could have gotten victories there. It's like, oh my goodness, that was the problem. So, like, I will kind of eat crow on that if that is indeed the case. I still don't think that's the case. Um, I think there's just a lot more variables involved, but it is. It, I mean, I just don't. I don't, I don't think we're just going to juggernaut the rest of the way through now because of that. But you know, I think it'll help. Um, it's not a panacea, but I think it'll help. So it remains to be seen. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that, I mean, I would love it if it was a panacea and it was just like, now we're just amazing. But uh, I just don't think soccer works like that. I don't think it's as simplistic and one-dimensional as, well, the coach just didn't do the one thing and now he switched the switch from uh, be bad to be good and that's it. I just don't think that's the case, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think it's more uh, if the team can find different ways to play, especially against different types of teams and different types of matchups. I think that's the, the key when you know plan A isn't exactly dominant or working. Because I think it's it's that our plan A, which is to possess and to try to dominate teams with the ball, we don't have technicians on the ball at every position, so that's why we haven't been able to connect the lines. And you know, in lieu of that, that's why you have to play a plan B, which clearly in this match when we possessed it less than they did at forty nine point three to their fifty point seven percent. And our passing accuracy was 76.6% to their 80.6. Like, we just, we for, we foregoed the ball. Like, we pretty much didn't uh, look to possess it if not necessary. And we tried some more riskier passes. And I think you see that in the, uh, you know, number of shots as well. We had 14. They had 14 as well, but we had seven shots on target to their one. So, definitely, we were more clinical. We were more direct. And we look like the team that definitely wanted it more. We, you know, as well, duels won. We edged it out 42-38. I mean, yeah, this team looked hungry to, I think, also uh, kind of rectify that result uh, against New York Rebels. So definitely uh, it's something that's hopefully, you know, we can see different flashes of it going forward. So that's, uh, yeah, you know, those away games are just not as dire as they have been. But uh, before we get into the news, let's check in in the chat and see what people are saying. All right. Let's see. We have Elliot Beaven saying Philly had a shocking performance. So that's a question to ask you, AJ. What is your opinion? Do you think Philly just wasn't up for it? Were they bad that day? Like, were we taking advantage of a weak Philadelphia, or was this just us unlocking Philadelphia? Hmm. I think it's a little bit of both, um, and it's not a cop-out, because it's basically, yeah, I don't think the diamond with the players that they had in there maybe were as effective, so there is that. You know, there is uh, us nullifying it, but also maybe it's not their their A uh, A team. But uh, still, I mean, those guys, they're all very, uh, very much veterans. Uh, most of the, the team has been together for, you know, some time. Uh, yes, Andre Blake did not play. So, yes, there is that. He always stands on his head against us. So, yeah, you know, Joe Bendick, was I happy to see his name on the, the, the team sheet? Yes, absolutely. Because Andre Blake annoys the f out of me so i, I think just... andre blank saves lennon's shot i don't think he saves almada's yeah. though no i don't think so yeah but he might have you know lined up his defense a little bit different who knows you know there could have been all sorts of different factors uh, although yeah i think the wall pretty much did his job anyway so who knows uh there's all according to almada's plan yeah exactly right all according but, to uh... plan <laughs> 
It's uh, yeah, you know, it's just whatever moment he can just uh, score from outside the box. You know, there's uh, that's the way. But, <laughs> All right, let me get a few more of these. Uh, Justin Flournoy says, "Yep, it is a Pyrrhic victory for sure. We need a solid backup striker. We've had haven't had one since 2019. It feels like." Uh, Elliot says, "Ronaldo was a good backup striker. Wish we had him back." Uh, he says, "Yeah." Justin says again, "Yeah, I would agree, but I think he would have uh, cost us a lot to keep him, which may be why he's not here this year." Oh uh, yeah, I could see a little bit of that. Um, he was doing all right, but I think he was also not super expensive. Um, let's see. Justin also says, "Well, we did play three in the back last year a good deal, um, so that's something to think about." Uh, which Pineda switched it this year and it hasn't worked all right. I mean, like, yes, it hasn't worked going to what we were doing before we switched to the back three. At least it's one game. It's a one game sample. Let's not get carried away. That's really the right. takeaway here. <laughs> so Yeah, and let's pause there on that. It's not just the formation. It was the way we played. Mm-hmm. So last year when we played with the three-man back line, it was with Alan Franco, Alan Franco, Juanjo Parata, and Miles Robinson. But we were trying to possess the ball. And it was still the same persisting problems in which we, we can't connect our lines. And here, we just we just didn't worry about it. We didn't worry about connecting the lines. We were like, okay, that diagonal ball in behind for Lennon to run onto, for Wiley to run onto, that was on all night. And it was, yeah, you know, and, and the ball over the top for... Uh, Jorgos Jakomakis for the uh, you know initial penalty call and of course free kick. So yeah, I mean that that type of play was undoing Philly constantly. And so you know I think that's in our locker clearly, and we can do more of that. Like when we can go long, let's go long. But yeah, go on. Uh, I just one one or two more things I. I, we will get to a lot of the transfer stuff with Andrew, uh, with Moyomba uh, coming up later in the show. We will get to that. I do see those. Uh, the last one I want to say before we move on to the next segment, uh, Stephen E. Gabby Perez says, just this by itself. Messy. Thoughts? Thoughts? Messy. Just messy. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> He's coming, obviously, and it will be... Uh, he, he's already changing the league a little bit because Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba are already joining Inter-Miami, and uh, I think only two of them are going to be DPs. Uh, the Pied Joseph Piper Mar- of Europe. Yeah, right. And uh, Jose Martinez as well. I don't think he's going to be a DP, apparently, uh, at least uh, from what the rumors are saying. And Jorge Campagna as well uh yeah i don't i don't know if he's long for that team um uh, you know it, it'll be very interesting i think uh how he will really change the team uh in the league and whatnot but the main thing right now is that uh and we'll get to it with franco Ibarra, but you know roster rules they're probably not going to be equal so it's going to be kind of a pain in the ass because it clearly was not equal for us already. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll really dig in. But, uh, yeah, Messi, yeah, they're going to let him bring his friends. I mean, it's just like it's going to be a super team. There's whispers of Eden Hazard. And, uh, you know, obviously he's 
He's probably a bit done in Europe, but I mean, I I'm curious what he has left. I thought Hazard actually signed with the Saudi Pro League. Uh, Did he? I don't know. I thought I so. Let me double check that. We're live right now. We can do that. Exactly. <laughs> but there's a rumor that he's going to enter Miami as well. But uh. Oh, sorry. Hey. It's not. I was thinking of someone else. Not even Hazard. I was thinking of, uh, who was I thinking of? Sadio, or Sadio Mane. No, 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 no. I wasn't thinking. I was thinking of. Um, oh my God! What is his name? Roberto Firmino. No. Oh no, my I'll, God! I'll, I'll think of it in a second. Hold on. Yep. Either way. Benzema. But, uh, that's who I was thinking of. Benzema. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. Um, yeah. The other Real Madrid player. But. Uh, um, but yeah. So uh, anything else from uh, the chat? Uh, I think that's. Yep. That's it. Okay, cool. Well, uh, let's get into the news. And yes, so the Eastern Conference right now, as it shakes out, FC Cincy running away with it. Uh, yeah, they are at 44 points. Uh, Nashville are at 38. We are down in seventh right now at 32 points. And yeah, you know, right underneath Orlando City right now. So uh, not fantastic at the moment, but we are still in a playoff spot. So we need to keep it that way. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, we also have played uh, one more game than most of the teams ahead of us, or if not the, the same number of games. So, uh, yeah, we need to uh, do some of that business. Uh, but in terms of the big, big news of this past week, I mean, there's been a ton. We'll go kind of in order, I suppose. But uh, yes, the rumored Tristan Muyumba, the French midfielder from EA Guingamp, uh, from Ligue 2. He has been announced today. Uh, yeah, defensive midfielder, French-born in Paris. Uh, yes, he will... With roots occupy. in Congo as well. Yes. And he will occupy an international roster spot. Uh, um, and, yeah, it seemed like Andrew Gutman was probably moved to be able to accommodate him. We'll talk about Gutman in a second. But, yeah, he's a 26-year-old midfielder and uh, spent most of his career in France. Uh, he came up through AS Monaco, and uh, yeah, made his professional debut for that side uh, against Paris Saint-Germain. But uh, yeah, he also had a loan spell in Belgium with Cercle Bruges, or how were we saying it? I Listen, you can blame Google uh, pronunciations and phonetics on how they suggested to say it in the last episode. They are saying like Cercle Brugge. Which Bruga. doesn't make any sense to me, considering that's not what I hear, hear people say it as. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yep. Anyway, but... Uh, and then, yep, uh, he, of course, uh, yeah, he went through some other teams as well. We won't get into all of that, but, yeah, he's definitely the type of player that... Uh, yeah, well, he's small, diminutive, kind of like N'Golo Kante uh, in a lot of senses, because he's French. Uh, you know, kind of smaller side, defensive midfielder. But, uh, yeah, seems like a player that can... Uh, yeah, bring that type of that type of play that we have really needed. Uh, that low center of gravity tackles well, uh, intercepts well, is able to uh, spread that ball around and look forward. It's uh, something that's has been sorely needed. I mean, you know, uh, Franco Barra, the type of player that he is, he's more of that destroyer type. Maybe not as polished on the ball as say a Santiago Sosa. Maybe even to a degree of Ozzy Alonso, but uh, yeah, you know, definitely Muyamba is a player that I think can help us. Uh, he is on Tam money. I that, that's where maybe I'm a little bit 
reticent is that why is a league de player on TAM money when, yeah, it's just like, you know, we have three <laughs> defensive midfielders uh, and we essentially had to loan one out, which we'll get to, of course, for pretty much, who knows, we don't know yet, but probably nothing. And um, yeah, it just seems odd as a kind of roster construction, but of course, Garth Lagerway has mentioned in the beginning of the season that, yes, there are some inconsistencies in the roster, and we are working our way through that. There's going to be some pain in the meantime. But what are your thoughts on, yeah, Tristan Muyumba? Yeah, like I said last time, I mean, it's a 26-year-old second division French player. I mean, we talked about him having his time with the Belgian First League team. Six minutes. That's all he's played on that team so he does he has no first league experience yeah i mean like you could say because he was with them he trained with them and stuff like that but not first league experience on the field uh with any team really and now this will be his basically his top flight debut for us so that worries me greatly because lead duh is not very good um and the intensity when you see a player going from the second division to the first division you always hear them talk about certain things. You hear them talk about the intensity increase, the you know the more concentration you need, the more focus you need. Like how Atlanta United always has the problem with quote unquote switching off because they aren't prepared all the time. Like this needs you to be focused all the time, twenty four seven focused. You know, crosshairs on, not being making any silly mistakes because you will be punished. And so, hopefully. He has no problem transitioning and switching. Hopefully he's ready. I mean, it's kind of crazy also because he's 26 that no one else thought this guy is capable of doing it anywhere else. But it is Europe. You know, there's a lot of talent in Europe. There's a lot of superfluous talent out there. So, like, this guy could be pretty good and just, you know, he, he, can't, he just there's no need for a like a very very good player because they have excellent players so like maybe this guy's below the radar kind of a like a joseph martinez type signing where he's in italy you know kind of below the radar and then he comes here lights the league on fire so i mean it's another diamond in the rough type scenario hopefully we hit on it like i said i i am in garth we trust all the way so we'll see um i'm nervous as all hell but here we are (laughs) Yeah, because we've missed and uh, we've missed before, and uh, giving players tan money as well. I've been burned think, before. Yeah, exactly. And I think the uh, the worry for me here is that yeah, I mean, um, you know, we were linked to the likes of Moises Caicedo in the past, and yeah, he's about to be sold maybe for a hundred million dollars or a hundred million euros pounds whichever but you know it's a high dollar amount and you know i think it's a far cry from moises caicedo to tristan muyumba uh we're gonna root for him we're gonna hope for the best but that part really worries me that's uh yeah we're that's a pretty disparate difference in terms of uh talent id so you know uh maybe Caicedo was always going to be a pipe dream, but I mean, there were some very real rumors that uh, you know we were in on him, and it was between us and Brighton, pretty much. So, yeah, uh, you know, hopefully he can uh, you know 
really come good in this league. And, you know, I think he's got some uh, some of the tools to do it. He's got that pace. He's got that, uh, you know, that defensive ability and uh, to be able to break up play as well. So, you know, obviously uh, with some outgoings, it will be uh, interesting how he really does integrate. And, yeah, he will be uh, eligible to play uh, in the first League's Cup match. So, yeah, that's when they're targeting him to make his debut is in the first League's Cup match. That was right, from so Carlos today at his press conference. Yeah. So that'll be interesting uh, to see, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, how he integrates into training with us. And, uh, oh, yep, my Oof. face has become <laughs> all good, all good. But, uh, but, yeah, the next bit of news, of course, we alluded to it, Andrew Gutman to the Colorado Rapids in a shock move. I would say for a lot of people, uh, yeah, you know, obviously uh, he was maligned for some of the uh, switching off moments in the past moments in uh, in some games recently. But yeah, I mean, it's it's still a shock. I mean, he uh, he's a player that has definitely uh, been someone that a lot of uh, fans have really appreciated his work ethic, his work rates, uh, both on and off the ball, and. I mean, he's a, a guy that is always trying to spearhead us uh, forward. And, uh, yeah, maybe at times a little lack of day school at the back. But, uh, yeah, we will receive 400K in GAM and a 2023 international slot, which we presumably use for Tristan Muyumba. And uh, we can also receive another 150K in GAM in add-ons. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... In a way, we are uh, transferring or trading from a position of strength, as of course Caleb Wiley. Uh, maybe you know there is some thinking in that. Maybe he is a player that needs to needs to play left back a lot more uh, to maybe also get to the uh, the U.S. men's national team. But also, uh, I think arguably he's probably a little bit more physical of a player than uh, Andrew Grootman can be at times. Um, and so, uh, there is a lot higher of a ceiling and maybe he wasn't always, uh, I guess earmarked for a winger for the rest of his career. So, uh, yeah, definitely maybe some thinking in that regard, but, uh, Andrew Grootman to Colorado Rapids. What are your thoughts, Michael? I'm sad to see him go. I mean, he's been, I'm outside of like some of his past performances of recent time where you know he's been it's very clear that teams are kind of targeting him down the side because they see him bombing and they know that they can press him and he's tired he's not going to be able to get back he's not going to be able to put in a defensive shift because he's focusing a lot more on attacking helping the attack so i mean it's a bit of a trade-off there um uh, so him going to Colorado, I, I mean, it's I'm happy that it's not in our conference. So that's nice. We don't see him as much against us. Um, it'll still be sad to see him against us because we know what he he can do, and seeing him do it would be you know bittersweet. Um, I uh, I he was a bit of a fan favorite. He had a lot of personality. Um, he always talked to the fans. He always did interviews. He came on. I remember he did a interview. He was good enough to do an interview with the Scars and Stripes boys. So that was awesome. Um, I mean, personable. He, you know, social media presence. I like the guy. He put himself out there. Um, we don't have that as much these days with 
people who are like out into the community talking to people, getting people to kind of, you know, um, you know, circle the, the wagons around the team to be like, this is our guys. Like we know them personally and things like that. So, um, it said, so in that regard, it's like, ah, we're missing another one of those types, but hopefully we get some more back, um, more personality, more swagger type back into the, to the, I like that. I mean, I've, Yorgos nails that perfectly. So I'm really glad with him, but looking for Atlanta to do more like, you know, social media type, get to know the players more. So that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, it's going to be sad missing him. There will be like a bit of like a hole in the, in the team for me for that. Um, but you know what? I mean, I hope he gets a lot more money because he deserves it. Yeah. Um, so go get your bag. That's great um, for him. You know, he because what he was making for us and what he the shifts he was putting in was was a crime. So yeah, yeah. And so it is. That's a big factor. Is that uh, it's a great point. He's on his uh, last half year on his contract. So uh, pretty much it was time to either cash in or give him an extension. And with Caleb Wiley. Pretty much, the yeah, the the heir apparent or really the future at left back, it probably was really you know trading from a position of strength. Do I think we got enough? I'm not so sure. Uh, I mean, obviously he's a, a little bit older, but still, I think uh, you know in terms of his attacking output from a left back position, I think uh, I forget which player he's compared to, but uh, he's. I think like it was another team, but he has better attacking stats than some attackers in the mm-hmm. league. So it's something that like, yeah, uh, did we did we miss a bag a little bit here? Possibly, uh, but you know it, it is part of it where you know just it's damn like the uh, the fans definitely are lamenting that fact. Is that you know exactly what you're saying? He's got personality he's got that will to win and it's something that doesn't come in spades on this team right now we uh you know we definitely switch off we have those moments where we uh yeah like we we don't look like we are interested sometimes and you know at this moment it's that is definitely it's uh it's hard to see um you know a player like that kind of move on uh, and yes it is glad that uh, yeah, he did go to a, a West Coast team for sure. But um, yeah, as well, a uh, another player that was uh, a shock move has been confirmed by Doug Roberson. That's Franco Abara. He uh, he was basically held out of training this morning. Uh, we're filming this on a Thursday night for full transparency. But uh, and so yeah, there were. You know there are four U22 players on the roster right now, and we weren't roster compliant. And Franco Barra probably being the most attractive of the uh, in terms of uh, U22 players that have has been playing well recently as well. He is unfortunately the guy that is moved, and uh, yeah, there were whispers of discontent that he uh, he drove off after watching. Uh, the training for like five minutes and yeah basically he has been loaned to Toronto FC for the rest of this season and uh, yeah apparently there was also a rumor of him not wanting to go to Toronto 
there's also the eagle-eyed uh, now Faruki, we're looking at you, uh, that noticed that he had unfollowed LA United and also was liking inner Miami posts. So, yeah, it's uh, there's some uh, there's some finessing that we know has always been missing from the front office. But uh, yeah, that's that's something that I man from a, from a player standpoint, you know, you've heard the rumors of Nagby, you've heard the rumors of LGP, heard the rumors of Julian Russell. It's not the first time that the United players have. Uh, really been disgruntled from the way they're treated, you know, either from an exit or in this case alone. But yeah, there definitely needs to be, if he's kept on, Carlos Bocanegra, some sort of bedside manner because yeah, there are some pissed off players. Joseph Martinez as well. Didn't TJ Vialba even say like he was like. Yeah. Like, one day, everything's fine. Next day, he's on a plane somewhere, and he's like, what happened? Kind of thing. Exactly. I think that's no that's kind of happened. I mean, like, and, and to think about uh, Ibarra going, hey, by the way, you're going to another country. Like, Yeah, whoa. exactly. Welcome <laughs> to Canada. Exactly. It's like, that couldn't be even more of a, uh, a culture shock. I mean, I don't think he speaks a ton of English, so now he's got to learn French and English. Yeah, <laughs> you know, one of those things. But uh, yeah, I. Uh, however, you feel about Franco Barra on the ball? He was definitely that destroyer for us off the ball, and uh, definitely in terms of our def- defensive midfielder, our best one this season. Uh, of course, though, he would have started to lose playing time uh, with Tristan Muyombo coming in, and so. Yeah, there is that uh, that mindset that uh, maybe he was the person that was logically the odd man out. Because Santiago Sosa wasn't playing much this season, uh, and when he has little lackluster at times, uh, still probably getting back to fitness, uh, match fitness anyway. And uh, yeah, I mean, Edwin Mascara, that whole thing. I mean, I think, you know, we were talking before the show, uh, I think you explained it pretty well. Uh, if you want to describe that situation a little bit uh, and how it was described in the media. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so Joe Patrick was interviewing, because Carlos Spoganeri did a uh, presser today to kind of assuage some of the uh, criticisms and then the, uh, the, the the media that was going around about this this whole thing. Because um, it didn't, it wasn't going over well, I guess. like So this was kind of maybe like a little bit of a panic decision. Because um, I don't know how often you schedule pressers about outgoing player information and less about incoming like i would understand it's like here's one about tristan but it was more so about outgoing which is you know bizarre to me so um he came out and talked about um you know how everything is kind of like going according to plan um joe patrick being the astute scholar that he is said or asked him the question um that you know is mascara such an integral part of the team that you like such a necessity that you needed to have him back. Like I know that uh, Defensia and us came to a quote unquote um, mutual agreement to ha- to cancel the loan and send him back early. But was there like a reason why he was just so needed to come on back now? Um, and he, Carlos, so eloquently said that, well, 
it was always in the plan for Mascara to come back into the first team rotation. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you're like, if you're like smelling, you know, toast right now, like, like I kind of did when I first heard that, but like, yeah, it, you didn't hear wrong. He just dodged the question. So yeah, I'm talking bullshit on all that. And, uh, yeah, basically, you know, Boca Negra <laughs> isn't a person that we would say is the most honest person that we've, uh, heard in the front office before. Uh, and so, you know, definitely that whole bit. But, okay, let's play along with it for a second, all right? So, yes, we do move Gooman out. That's a left back. And you have a left back uh, that was playing left wing, now moving back into his more natural position in Caleb Wiley. And then, so, yeah, now you have a need for a winger on the left, uh, which, yeah, he would be a player that can cut in. Uh, of course, we have a Derek Etienne who uh, is pretty much, you know, doing that same thing, who also has not scored a goal this season. And so, uh, yeah, Edwin Mascara also has not scored a goal in his career. And he so, has floundered in a significantly less demanding league and yeah. on a significantly less good side in Defensia. So, Justice Defensia. So, like, yeah. it, it's really concerning um, that he struggled there and he's coming back here and his past before he came here as well. And then this also kind of goes into the narrative, you know, going back on to what we were talking about a little earlier about just these uh, these players like going on, like Eric Lopez or Santiago Sosa not able to gain any traction or interest from any other teams in terms of loans. Like, that's not good. That's really bad. Like, a lot of these players that were like, hey, we really need to get roster compliant. Can we... Any of these guys, please. Any of, and then everyone's like, no, like that's not good. Yeah, because it's also we only have so many buyouts for a season as well, and so that's part of the problem. And uh, yeah, U twenty two wise, yeah, you know we we just we have missed on a lot of them. Santiago Sosa, Franco Ibarra are probably the two that uh, have contributed, but beyond that, I mean, it's a fairly new system in MLS, but still, like we. We've kind of, uh, yeah, been extremely hit or miss, and uh, even the hits are, like, lukewarm hits. So, it's one of those, uh, yeah, I guess at the very least, in Ibarra, his suspension, we won't really feel that, because Toronto will feel that. And, uh, yeah, that sucks for Toronto, I guess, but, uh, so I guess in that sense, we shouldn't care, but, uh, yeah, it is, man, like... It's some weird roster construction and uh, maneuvers that have really left a lot of people scratching their head. And, yeah, the front office playing damage control. Like, that's pretty apparent. Like, that's... There's no bones about it. Like, um, yes, the the press conference maybe was uh, there for Tristan Miyamba and his introduction, but... <laughs> yeah, no, it... it Really he got slammed today. He was running defense yeah. left and right. So Exactly. It kind of devolved. But, uh, yep. So, either way, that's that with Franco Albarra. And, yeah, in terms of MLS, League's Cup, of course, is coming up. We also have the All-Star Game coming up. And there is the, of course, Skills Challenge. And uh, our boy, Tiago Almada, our star boy, will be part of the skills challenge 
And, uh, yeah, along with Lucho Acosta, along with Honey Mukhtar, and, of course, my beloved Arsenal with, uh, uh, yeah, Martin Odegaard, new boy Kai Havertz, Balleran Balagun, who, uh, of course, just joined the U.S. men's national team, Eddie Nketiah, uh, Jorginho as well, as well as Fabio Vieira, Rob Holding. That's interesting with the skills challenge. I call him a skillful player but uh yep anyway uh Marquinhos. compared to the mls he probably will be so yeah possibly possibly <laughs> and uh yes aaron ramsdale as well as uh another goalkeeper in Hain. so uh it is uh yeah i'll be excited to see it uh, really uh yeah be keen on how it goes uh yes i will not be rooting for mls like rob Lowe. i will be rooting for arsenal that's for sure but and also of course Thiago Amada. But um, but yeah, and in terms of uh, the rest of the news, well, let's see. I mean, do you have anything that's I may have missed? Um, I I just not really, but I just want to say, do you think Eric Lopez is going to be you know Eric? I rolled my ankle. Lopez is going to be ready for League's Cup. Mm, I mean, it's a possibility, uh, but I highly doubt he really plays at all but uh do i hope he plays i mean yeah there's some flashes of it there's some uh some things that's yeah I think. i'd like to give him one more solid chance and then if it just doesn't work out then we're done right i think he's got some ability it's just been kind of a a victim of circumstance you know more so i think than anything else um as well as underperformance when i guess he's gotten the chance but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah and uh, also, yeah, uh, in terms of the MLS team of the match day, Tiago Almada and Brooks Lennon made the team of the match day this past week. And, uh, yeah, that pretty much does it for the news. Uh, and that gets us into the match preview, in which case we will be playing CF Montreal on Saturday at 7.30. And, yeah, uh, we'll be wearing the Forest kit. Uh, yeah, of course... Uh, as well, CF Montreal, uh, maybe not, of course, but yeah, they're in ninth. We're in seventh. It's uh, on paper. It should favor us a little bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, CF Montreal, they are a tough side. And so it is uh, in terms of this team. Uh, yeah, I mean, we own the series so far between the two teams, 5-3-3 three, and three in terms of wins, losses, and draws. But we are winless in the last three matches against them. Two losses and one draw. I think the uh, the bonus is that, uh, yeah, Nancy, or Nancy, uh, their uh, previous coach is no longer coaching them. He's coaching Columbus Crew. So, yeah, the uh, I think the strongest part about uh, why they were doing well is now no longer part of the club. But... Uh, in terms of, yeah, uh, maybe a player to watch for them, Matthew Schwanier, uh 24-year-old homegrown. He's uh, been a strong asset to their midfield. And, uh, yeah, he started in 16 of his last 17 matches. Uh, and he's also got two goals and three assists on the season. So definitely a player that's uh, not only uh, was he chosen for the MLS All-Star game by Don Garber, but uh, yeah, he's definitely you know kind of ripping up some uh, some trees for them, and uh, definitely is a danger man that we will have to look to. But yeah, 
that gets us to our predictions, starting with our predicted starting 11. Let's uh, go through the lines together. But, uh, yep, Guzan, between the sticks. And the real question is, do we persist with our lineup from the last game? But let's uh, let's get into the yeah. wingbacks, I suppose. I mean, I would just, just start by saying, yeah, I, I, I would hope so. I would like to see it again, just because... Um, I'm not. I'm not actually quite sure how Montreal plays if it's similar to Philadelphia, and if it is, then ha- absolutely, ap- completely, then yes, do that again. Um, but uh, I, ju- I just want to see. I'm curious, like philosophically, I'm curious. Like, let's start to build some data around this type of formation and tactic switch. See if it is something that can get us further down um, or further up in the standings. I guess so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'd really be interested to see that if it makes sense. Um, again, it really depends on what uh, you know the tape they're viewing in terms of how Montreal hurts you. So, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, uh, you know, into the uh, the personnel then. Uh, so, of course, Caleb Wiley then uh, and Brooks Lennon mm-hmm. on the wing back positions, and uh, Luis Abram and Juanjo Porata, mm-hmm. and then Bernard Hernandez in that back line. Mm-hmm. Of course, in midfield, I mean. We have to necessitate necessitate change now, of course, because Franco Barra is now uh, not only suspended, but also on loan to Toronto mm-hmm. FC. So it's probably Santiago Sosa, I would say, probably starting. And then, uh, you know, probably Alonso spelling him maybe later. Just to kind of... I hope so. I'd like to see Alonso do, get more, more, you know, some more time. So, yeah. yeah exactly. Because, yeah, last season when he uh, was starting for us, it was some, yeah, some really good matches that he was playing for us. So, definitely, I think, uh, yeah, you know, uh, some split time between them would be huge. Uh, I think Sadich as well. I want to see Sadich, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in that uh, in that eight role. And then, uh, of course, you know, the uh, what's going to have to also necessitate a change as well as up top. But Thiago Amada will mm-hmm. not be one of those uh, changes, I think, of course, obviously. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you saw Machopchol kind of uh, play a role kind of as maybe a second striker. I think that's, yeah, that's huge. I liked it. You know, yeah, and so maybe it's a little bit of that. Maybe it's a little bit of, uh, <laughs> yeah, you almost have to play him. So it is what it is. Miguel Berry <laughs> up top and... Uh, yeah, just hope he does some stuff, some hold-up play to be able to integrate the rest of the team. I mean, it's a good uh, it's a good play. test, right, of of the form if they use the same formation tactics that they use against Philadelphia. It's a good test because if it shouldn't matter that much that you're putting Miguel in if that system truly is the thing that was you know hurting Philadelphia so much. Um, you know, if it was just Yorgos being Yorgos then, you know, God help us, there's nothing we can do if we just don't have him. So, so yeah, that's huge what's going to happen up, up top. But, uh, yeah, I think Machopchul had a really, really good match. And, uh, yeah, he was able to, yeah, really be pretty dynamic in a lot of senses because, you know, he's got that uh, that enormous size and lankiness uh, and then still have uh, some sort of center of gravity to, you know, dribble past players. And so... Yeah, while he didn't maybe show up on the 
you know, stat sheet. He was definitely a player that was contributing to, um, you know, our play being able to, yeah, you know, just kind of, in that sense, uh, surprise the other team, uh, you know, with those uh, those long balls, with the ability to, yeah, you know, find a player from the, you know, from the air, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we uh we did really really well against philly but yeah and uh, i'm gonna take a moment to stand a bit of Machol here because yeah. i think uh you know before everyone starts saying you know what everyone always t- talks about him looking like bambi you know with his long legs and you know not knowing where to go and stumbling all over the place and getting dispossessed yes he gets dispossessed um he used to quite a bit i think he's getting much better i think we've seen marked improvement from him um you started to see it wane in the philadelphia game towards the end which pineda aptly noticed and took him out before it became like too obscene because he was starting to turn over like crazy but it before that he was doing great so if we can get that again that would be great and i think you know hopefully if we can, you know, if, if, if he can't go the full 90, we can get him out, and we won't see Bambi anymore. Yeah, because yeah, I think fatigue definitely started to play a factor there as well. And I think also um, what would be good, yeah, you know, we'll spell him with, you know, some maybe more experienced players. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tyler Wolf, uh, you know, could be another player that uh, will spell him. Maybe Tarek Etienne, not our favorite player guy at the moment but uh yeah also uh in that midfield as well i think uh johnny fortune coming back that will be something that will be uh really welcome for yeah sure. but uh yeah before we get into and that those... banger he scored in yeah the goal cup oh, yeah. that was awesome oh, yeah. oh yes so yeah he'll he'll be high uh, off of that confidence for sure but uh yeah before we get into our score prediction let's Look at the chat and see what they're saying. All right, let's take a look. Oh, wow. Okay, there's a lot more talk going on right now. Um, let's see. It's a lot of conversation, so I'm going to try and parse the conversations. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if there's not questions, I mean... Yeah, it's mostly no, conversations right now. So, guys, please direct some pointed questions to us that we can uh, bounce off of. Uh, I mean, I love that you guys are all talking as if this is a forum, but please do remember, we're here as well. So please include us. <laughs> no, that's all good. I mean, I, I love that you guys are talking amongst yourselves as well. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. Building the community. But yeah. Um, okay, well, let's get into those score predictions and then we'll get into the chat then. So, uh, yeah. I mean, for you, Michael, what do you have uh, let's see. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna say, I. So again, it's like I feel thrown from last game, considering the there was the formation change and the tactic switch and everything. Um, so, so you should definitely go for a loss as well again, so that uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's that's the ticket, right? It, that's the ticket. And also, I wasn't able to watch it live because I was on vacation, so I had to watch it later on. Maybe that was the thing. It was the first match I missed uh, all season. And and then I hear things like this is the best uh, performance by Atlanta United this season. And I'm like, what have I done? So you know, you can all blame me. That's the reason. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one us. I'm gonna I'm gonna hope we continue with the same experiment, and it 
it confirms suspicions and it acts as a bit of a band-aid until we can get some other uh players in so that's what i'm gonna hope for usually it's like my optimistic take is the two to one um this time it's also my realistic one so okay yeah um to be honest my exact same score line uh is pretty much that two one uh but i'll give some players that i think are going to score and i think uh it's going to be caleb wiley scoring it first for us uh you know really nice go-ahead goal and then i will say machop chol a maybe early second half uh maybe header and that will uh yeah i think we're level at the break and then machop chol gets us the uh the three points in the second half so what do you guys think let us know in the comments below but yes before we go let's look at what they're saying in the chat all right um uh, da, 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 da. are you guys putting in some questions still interesting arguments going on <laughs> you know what hey if they don't have questions it's all good please just uh, get a backup striker i think barry hasn't registered under Pineda's system i prefer troll over barry at this point yeah i think i mean I, I think you're gonna see both of them at the same time um so uh you're gonna get a double dose uh, would you have Wolf or Chol as striker? I think, I think I would do, I think I would do Chol. Um, I think, I, I don't know if I would if I could see Wolf as striker at this point. I mean, it it would uh, it would pair well in a sense of like the traditional uh, two striker system. You have a you know you have a big guy a target forward, and then you have the second striker that plays off of that target forward. Uh, so, yeah, in that sense, uh, Wolf would probably be that second striker. I think that's probably his best position anyway, um, as he's probably not a more traditional winger, but he is a guy that can find the back of the net, and, yeah, we will need goals. So it's not a bad shout. Uh, yeah, Machop Chol. But that height. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and as an outlet, uh, especially, yeah, we'll need it at times, I think, uh, especially when Miguel Barry. Yeah, just doesn't really get a ton of touches in a lot of matches. Like, yeah. It's just not. Like, it's... Uh, I mean, I'd be I'd be curious maybe a Chop, Machop Chol and Tyler Wolf together, but Ooh. I don't know. I, you know what? I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't yeah. hate it. I mean, you know. Yeah. And maybe we'll, you know, depending on how things go, we might actually see that if... I mean, it could be that Barry starts and then we see Wolf later. So it'll be it could be interesting. Right. right. But somebody's got to hold up the play, so that's yeah. the question. I don't know. <laughs> so, also, Eugene says, do you think the switch to the back three is permanent for the season? A bonus question, how many more mid-season signings do you predict will happen? Mm. Uh, I think there's probably at least two more. Uh, maybe not at least. There's probably two more. Yeah. Because uh, and... I, I believe uh, Garf said as much in the 92-9 The Game interview. Right, exactly. And so... In that sense, uh, there's definitely moves coming. Now it's just a matter of what positions. I think it's a forward. I think it's part of part of the arguments that are happening in the chat is the debate about is it going to be a DP winger or a TAM winger? So yeah, I don't think it's going to be a winger that's a DP player. But uh, yeah, I hope I hope so. A lot of people are saying that should be it. It could be and it should be. So we'll see. Yeah, I think we need a DP. Midfielder, and that, that's the, oh, 100%. Yeah, 
yeah, I, I will, and I and I I dragged. I I love you, Mike Connie and Jason Longshore, but I dragged it hard on Twitter because it's yeah. we got it. I just think it's it's just it's written in the stars. We need to have a player like that at that position. Right. We we have pretty much at this point zero connectivity between our back line, our midfield, and our forward line. So, mm-hmm. like, it's just needed. But, um, and what was the other part of the question? Do you think the switch to the back three is permanent for the season? Yeah. I think we kind of hinted at that earlier on a bit. Um, so, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be an experiment. I think the next game will be really telling as to where we go with it. Yeah, because I have my questions about, like, how many players that can actually fill in in that back line. Of course, Noah Cobb is an option. Homegrown, young player. He was not favored in this match because of experience. Maybe he comes in for Ronald Hernandez. We will see. But, uh, yeah, in terms of our wing-back depth or full-back depth as well, I mean, of course, uh, yeah, it's not a plenty, but, yeah, Ronald Hernandez pretty much is the understudy at both <laughs> of the wing-back positions now. And uh, McFadden as well. Uh, you know, Aiden McFadden is probably one of those other guys that can probably play on both sides, really good on the ball, but, uh, you know, kind of a question mark maybe on the defensive end. So, yeah, but it's not a ton of depth, especially when Miles Robinson is away on international duty and, uh, you know, he won't be back for a while. And, uh, yeah, one last bit on, yeah, the U.S. men's national team too. It's, it's very annoying seeing not only Brandon Vasquez, but Julian Gressel on the U.S. men's national team. Uh, not only doing well, but it's like, oh yeah, yeah. it's like a really bitter reminder yeah. that we had these players. And, yep. 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 Anyway, right. So, Justin also asks, um, now that Abara is out on loan, what does this do to our chances of making the playoffs in the short term? Because Tristan is not coming until his visa gets situated. Um, I'll answer first by saying um, I think because Tristan is scheduled to come in uh, in the first game of the League's Cup he's still going to have plenty of time to get some chemistry with the team playing in that tournament hopefully we go further than not um, without any injuries Um, so he'll get some situation being situated a bit that way however once we're done League's Cup there's still a good amount of the season left and with him, I think we have a decent shout at getting to the playoffs, especially if we can continue to keep our hovering between 6th and 7th place in the standings. I think we have a decent... I don't think this is going to be a tremendous blow to our chances in getting into the, the playoffs if Tristan can at least do what it, like Ibarra did, which I think he's going to be able to. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's a, it's a massive, massive impact if, uh, you know... Uh, Muyumba is as, as I guess purported to be uh, you know as maybe dynamic as uh, it may seem so uh, yeah you know we'll find out obviously but uh, I don't think that's going to be a, a huge huge drop off uh, if a drop off drop off at all but uh, you know and Santiago Sosa definitely has that uh, that potential to be able to you know, offer something else in the meantime as well as uh, Ozzy Alonso. You know, the uh, the experience, the uh, ability to be able to uh, 
yeah, kind of run the game a little bit from that defensive midfield position. So uh, it'll be different, but you know, maybe hopefully uh, we can kind of patchwork it until Muyumba does come in. Hmm. Uh, one question from our friends over at For the Culture wants to know: Well, if Miles gets sold in the summer window, how are we doing with that three-man back line? Well, yeah, I mean, we had to uh, makeshift it, and we did pretty well against a really strong side in Philly Union. So, uh, I think there's there's options in there. I don't think he's being moved in the summer. That's uh, that doesn't seem like it's in the cards. And uh, yeah. He is out of contract at the end of the season, but uh, yeah, I think you kind of take that chance. Um, you know, if you have Tiago Almada, they've said, and yes, we can call bullshit on the uh, the front office at times, but they said coming in that they were going for championships. So, mm. you know, I don't think you sell Miles Robinson. I don't think you sell Tiago Almada in the summer window if you're going for a championship. Yeah, and I think he wants to see it out. I think. He loves his team. He loves the city. He really is kind of one of the has-been faces of the team. So I think it would make a lot of sense for him to see it out from one last hurrah uh, with this with this current team. So uh, Elliot wants to know, is this a good opportunity for Alonzo getting a starting spot? Um, with, his, with his age and his injury proneness, I don't know if he's ever going to get a consistent starting spot and definitely not playing 90 minutes. So, I, I think it's he's always I think gonna be a sub um, to see out games with his veteran, uh, with his uh, his his ability to read the game that we desperately need in the midfield. So um, you know, star of younger, more uh, spry legs. Sorry, Alonzo, but it is what it is. It's human anatomy. So um, yeah, I think he's just gonna be a sub that comes on, and I think you know we really need that kind of player to come on uh, to see games out. Yep. No, fully agree with that. Uh, Brian Dyfenbach asks, or says, so uh, uh, back to the plug-and-play player system. I mean, this is uh, this is something that a lot of teams do, plug-and-play. I mean, I remember when um, DeBoer came in, one of his big selling points was, I'm going to have a system where you can plug-and-play. So if in because one of the things we've suffered from um, after the 2018 run, and part of the, in that, is if, like, Joseph Martinez or an Almoron goes down, the team flounders. So if you could just plug someone else in, it can just keep going because the system preserves. So um, he also says, playoffs, whoop de doo Do we have a chance to win the cup? Hell no, my honest opinion. I, I think it's MLS. Anything is on the table. Um, if you're in the playoffs, I think you can you can make a run if you catch fire. It's possible. We've seen it before. Uh, I what is it? The Real Salt Lake uh, comes to mind. Just making like a run out of nowhere um, and upsetting a bunch of teams in the Western Conference like a couple years ago. So you know it's possible. Um, I mean, like statistically, I would probably say we're not gonna win the cup, but you know what? We're fans. Fans never should fully give up on a team, so I'm. We're gonna see it out and see if they can pull it off. Indeed, yeah. No, it's a. It's a very forgiving league, mm -hmm. MLS, and so especially the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, with so many spots as well and play-ins. It's just, yeah. I mean, at this point, um, 
yeah, we can sneak in and do some damage because we have some top players that can, yeah, smash and grab, have a moment of magic, and yeah, pull out a result. So it's it's possible. If and this is, uh, I think it was, I can't remember. If it was either Garth or Carlos said that they are their like their definition for what their expectations are for this season was a home playoff game, and if we can get that. Uh, to the point uh, for the culture was saying if we can stay healthy there's only a handful of teams better than us at our 100% and if we get a home game or two I mean we just beat Philadelphia at home fairly convincingly that's a top team in the league so if that is any indication I think that there's there's an argument for us sneaking by and be and upsetting some teams so I agree with for the culture on that Um, okay, let's see. Oh, for the culture is loading us up right now. You need depth at the right positions for plug and play. Um, plug and play didn't work under FDB because it took Nagby out of position. And there was no replacement for Nagby if and when he was out. Yet Nagby was, I mean, I, I've, I just will always say this. I'm on the record and I'll stay on the record saying Nagby is, was the linchpin of us and we'll, you know, uh, yeah. So, he also says, I'm sure I missed it earlier. Is the expectation, what is the expectation for Moyomba? Starter or or depth? Um, I'm hoping starter. What are your thoughts? I mean, he's on Tam Bunny. He's, he's a starter. So, uh, and yeah, definitely uh, rewatched the, the bit earlier because, yeah, we definitely go mm-hmm. into all of it. Brian says, Gigi is going to tear the hammy right before the end of the season with as many times as he has already injured it. Uh, Barry is not very good and offers very little up front and is not dynamic. We need a better option. Yeah, I mean, like, people are saying, they're saying things. Barry is better than he lets on. I'm yet to see it. I don't know if I'm on board with that. I, I hope he is better than, you know, what has all indications have pointed to. But, you know, it's, I'm not, it's, I'm not expecting him to, like, just turn around and be amazing. But like I said, if this this new Atlanta United that we kind of saw on against Philadelphia can put Barry in a position where he can flourish, I, that would be amazing. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah, it's like okay. I, I think Miguel Barry when he's on the ball, like kind of decent. Like he's got some ability, a little bit. But uh, I think it, the matter of the fact is getting him the ball is the problem like he's he's uh as much of Thiago Mata as a magnet to the ball <laughs> Miguel Berry is the antithesis of that like the ball does not find him he is like I don't know like invisible cloaking field on yeah. yeah like he gets like five touches when he's on the pitch like all game it doesn't make any sense yeah. It's like you have you almost have to try to not hit the ball. <laughs> so one of my things will be watching for the next game if Barry is on there, which he probably should be, um, is off the ball runs for him. A lot of people are criticizing him for not getting enough like offside calls because he's not stretch attempting to stretch the defense. Um, I really hope we see more of that because I think that's where he can be dangerous. So um, hopefully we'll see more of that. Uh, Brian says. We beat Philly uh, with the bar having a superior game along with others. Apparently everyone, according to uh, Pineda, had the best game of their lives. 
but we lost the week before 4-0. Very inconsistent team. Um, I mean, that was that was a. I mean, that's hard. I feel like I want to disagree with that. Yeah, we're inconsistent. I'll, I'll agree to like mildly about that in general. I think we we're still kind of going through inconsistencies and working some things out. But I I think that we're not as bad as it seems in your comment. Because um, the Red Bulls, they are just, you know, especially with the way we were playing, the way we attempted to play them, it's um, antithetical. So it was like, you know, it's super effective. Exactly. It was like super effective against us. So like, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm never, here's how I'll put it. I'll never use Red Bulls really as a barometer of how to gauge the team. I'm just not gonna. Just don't think it's helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, in that sense, we've had a couple, at least, really bad results this season. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's something that's... Uh, we weren't getting this badly beat with uh, you know what should be a playoff side, even in our worst years. So, fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, 751 minutes played in one goal. Yeah, I mean, I no, I hear you. I mean, I'm not a Barry stand. Trust me. Like, <laughs> but it would. I, I sure would be cool if he did well on Saturday. So <laughs> exactly, we need him to. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, is that it from the uh, the chat? That is it. Uh, just one last thing to, if you have any more, put them in real quick because we're gonna start closing up shop soon. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty much, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could, <laughs> so, I guess, stall for two minutes, but uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, murder. She wrote, uh, um, yeah. Everyone, thank you so so much for you know hanging out with us uh, in this frenzy of a transfer window, and uh, yeah, hopefully we uh, answered a lot of your questions and ponderings, but. Uh, yeah, the pondering that I have for you guys for the question of the day is what impact do you think Tristan Muyumba will have on Atlanta United? Let us know in the comments below. Looking forward to what you have to say. And here's why I asked for more. For the yep. Culture says, he's no Adam John. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The shusher. Uh, and uh, Jacob says Atlanta United wins 1-0. Elliot Beaven says ATL ties 2-2. Two two. So we got their predictions coming yeah. in. Thanks, everybody. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yes, remember to like, share, comment, subscribe. I've been AJ. That's been Michael. And we will see you in the next video. Adios.